why is this thing? And I don't know who told me this when I was in the middle of like the fighting decade with my daughter. She said, don't ever break her spirit. So don't ever break your child's spirit. And that has stayed with me till this day. And it could be your friend's spirit or your partner's spirit or whoever's spirit, <clears throat> a human being's spirit. Because they are there in your life for a reason. They weren't just like shoved into your day for whatever, out of luck or whatever. Hello and hola friends. Welcome to the Medicine, Marriage and Money podcast, the only podcast for dual physician couples who want to achieve marital interdependence and financial freedom together. In this podcast, you will learn how to show up as the best version of yourself so that you can love intentionally and build a stronger and more financially savvy relationship with your spouse. And I am your host, a physician mom, a doctor's wife, and a life coach, Dr. Kate Mangona. Welcome, bienvenidos. The Medicine, Marriage, and Money group coaching program for women physicians has now closed for enrollment. So if you want to join us next time, be sure to get on my wait list. Until then, I am still offering a few one-on-one coaching spots for those of you who are seriously interested in stopping all marital arguments in five minutes or less. If you are ready to take your relationship to the next level, sign up in the link I provided in my show notes. Who would you be if you felt less misunderstood and disconnected from your spouse, but felt more love and appreciation in your marriage? There is no better time than the present, and no investment is as valuable as the investment in yourself. Please help me welcome our guest on today's show, Dr. Sogol. She is a board-certified pediatrician and founder of ABC Pediatric Clinic. After struggling with burnout, she embarked on a journey of mindful living and became certified as a mindfulness coach. Dr. Sogol is also the supportive wife of an attorney and the mother of three beautiful children. Please welcome Dr. Sogol. Thank you for having me. That is so cute. I love it. And I know you're joining us from just five, four or five short hours away in a car ride, right? From Houston to Dallas. Um, tell us, tell us like, wh- who are you? Where, what are you doing? <laughs> what am I not doing, right? That's our problem as physicians. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so I'm a board certified pediatrician. Um, I work in East Houston. I have my own clinic with my sister. She's a pediatrician as well. So lots of support in that sense. Um, It's a medium-sized clinic and it's in the underserved area. So it's a predominantly underserved Hispanic area. So love, love, love my community, love my patients, um, love what we do, love our vision. We kind of, our vision is to give quality care um, in that space, which is hard to do because the reimbursements in our insurance are so poor. So we have made it happen. We're going on 14 years this year um, and we've just become part of the community. Your sister work together? Yeah. I know everyone's like, what? <laughs> How do you do that? Wow. Okay. That's awesome. We're complete opposites. So we balance each other out 
which is which is like one of the tips that I have in marriage is like marry your complete opposite because then they can like pull you back when you're going berserk and nuts. Mm, okay. Well, we're going to figure out if that's what you did or not. Yeah, that's totally what I did. Well, okay, so yeah, tell us, tell us a little bit about that. When did you, when did you meet? Yeah, so we, I, we met when I was in high school. So he is a couple of years older than me, but like he graduated early. He's super smart. So he graduated high school early. So he was, uh, he's like in education wise, he's like four years ahead of me, but in age wise, he's like two years ahead of me. So he is my cousin's best friend. So I knew him as my cousin's best friend um, when I was in high school. And obviously, like, I had no interest in him because I was in high school, right? I was like, I don't know, like 14, 15, whatever. Um, but I knew him because of all of our family functions. His parents aren't here. So, like, my cousin's parents, my aunt and uncle are like his second family, essentially. He was always there. And we lived three houses away from my cousin when we were growing up. Yeah. So all the family functions, everything, he was there. And, um, and I was like, Oh, and I was like this crazy, like super immature, like high school kids. So like, he wasn't even on my radar. Right. I was like, whatever. Um, I don't know who you are. I just know like you're this cousin's friend. And, um, then I went off to college and we would still get together at family functions. And I remember we went to um, like this um, dance, like concert, but it was like, I'm from Iran. So it was like an Iranian Persian concert, whatever family thing. And then like my cousin was there with his friends and I was there with my friends and my sister. And then he came and danced with me and I was like, okay, whatever, la, la, la. And then um, he, okay, so he was super like, he knew our culture, right? He's Iranian too. He's from Iran. And so like out of respect for my family, and this is why my parents like fell in love with him, is that like he kind of asked permission, like, can I call your daughter, right? Because he knew my parents. So he called and he's like, oh, can I call your daughter? And so like my parents knew before I did. And my sister knew before I did. And then so my sister calls me and she's like, what did you do? And I'm like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, why is this guy asking, like, like calling your, you know, our parents? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what this problem is. Like, I don't know anything. Anyways, so I was completely annoyed because I was like, who? It's just like the 21st century. Who goes and like asks? <laughs> your parents for permission before like coming and like you know getting your number or whatever anyways so so that's so we started talking when I was in college um probably the last two years of college and mo like mostly got serious the last year of college and I was supposed to actually so I graduated college in three years and I graduated at the same time as my sister because we're like nine months apart <laughs> so wow that's the closest I've ever heard of anybody being so the plan was that she had already decided that she was going to go to med school in the Caribbean. Okay. So then the plan was like, okay, I'm going to graduate early and like not take the MCAT, don't do anything. And we were both going to go to med school together. Right. And so then he came into the picture a year before that. And then that was still my plan. I was like, oh, no. and then he'd cut, he, you know, he was super supportive and he was like, well, why don't you just like try 
taking the MCAT. And I was like, no, it takes so long. And I'm always in a rush to do everything. Like life is a rush for me. So I was like, no, I really want to. Da, da, da. And then he was like, well, why don't you try? And then as we got more serious, I kind of told my sister, like, e maybe I should try. And she was super nice. She, she's such a laid back person. She was like, oh, yeah, I'll go. No problem. And then I took like that year off and I took the MCAT and then whatever, I got into med school and then I stayed. And so when I got into med school, okay. that's when we knew that it was going to like it had gotten serious and I want and <clears throat> so I did med school at Texas Tech for the first two years and then and then transferred down to Baylor because I'm in Houston so so I went up to Texas Tech and we knew it was going to get serious and he's like okay I'm gonna come and he applied and he did his MBA so he's like I'm gonna come I'm gonna do you know my MBA while you're in med school and then ultimately I want to go to law school and so then we got married first year, like first semester of med school. So we were both up there. And then he ended up coming down to Houston for law school. And then I transferred to Houston for law school. Um, so like, it's funny because, and then I was like 20, when I, right? No, no, I was 21, I guess, right? Because that's when you graduate college. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was like drinking age. <laughs> and I got married. And your, and your sister was going to medical. Wait, did you guys go at the same year or she went a year before you? medical school so she went a year before me yes because she was a year ahead of me yes she went a year before me but then you know how you go to like med school there's um in the caribbean like the, it takes longer for you to like take your steps because all your rotations aren't like back to back right so you have a lot of gaps between rotations so we ended at the same time and then we did residency together yeah it's crazy same program yeah so Baylor TCH oh my gosh oh TCH so like Kate I kid you not like our last year of residency people thought we were the same person for three years they were like wait there's two of y'all wait okay because did you have the same last name or you were married and just no, I didn't change my last name. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we're both, you were both Dr. Palavan. Palavan. Yeah, Dr. Palavan. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was at TCH too for fellowship, not for residency. Oh, were you? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay, so what was it about him that made you fall in love? I think, you know, I thought about this because I was like, oh, let me self-reflect about this. <laughs> So I think the biggest thing is that he grounded me. Like I was just this like total ADHD, like, oh, like everywhere, right? Like, I want to do that. Then we got to do that. Okay. And he was just this like his like really calm presence and he was super mature right so I would give him like this insane like crazy ideas like you know like super crazy stuff and he would just like look and he'd be like okay <laughs> like like no judgment <laughs> like no. like he didn't have to say anything it was just like his presence was just so calming and I needed that I really needed someone to like keep bringing me down <laughs> from my uh insane amount of energy that I had <laughs> And he was patient. I needed someone that was patient because I'm super impatient, right? Um, so I said, yeah, grounded me. He was super patient. And he was like, he was nice, right? Like, like truly authentically like cared, which is really hard to find these days. 
he asked your parents if he could ask you for out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I would say those were, were the big things that really drew me in. And I, you know, like now we think about like with coaching, we think about like our unconscious thoughts and our like conscious thoughts. And my brain was like really fighting it for a really long time. Like, oh, you know, no, you need someone that's like, whatever, crazy like you and you need, you know, and he can't keep up with you or whatever. And thank God, I don't know, at the age of 21, I picked the right choice. <laughs> and so what have you found? Like after being married for how many years? How many years have you been married? So 21, I'm 45. How many years is that? 20. 20 21 years, you said? Oh, 20, 24 years? Yeah, 24 years. So after being married for 24 years, what is your current definition of marital interdependence? Okay, that's a tough one. Okay, marital interdependence. Okay, so I will say, and this is like going back to the beginning, and I think this is what, I think the start of your marriage is what sets the foundation, right? And yes, you do change through the decades because you just grow and evolve, right? But like the start of our marriage was very much like, you have your life and friends and hobbies and interest and I have mine and that, and I might not like to come and watch you at every single soccer game, but that's okay. And I'm not going to force you to come to like, I was involved in like the Persian community and like kids school and Sunday school. And like, I, I used to do like fol folkloric Persian dancing and stuff and then teach it. And then, so I was like, you don't have to come to every single event that I have and that's okay. Right? Like we both had our own independent space and then we came together where we met at those things that we had in common, right? And so, and that was the expectation from the beginning. And so many couples are like, well, now that I'm married to him, I have to kind of like everything about him, which is never what we did. And I think part of that was because we were so, we married young, but part of marrying young is that we were so goal oriented the first like what met for seven years and he was like mba law school and then like internship they have whatever for so for seven years we were very much like okay we're married but we we are we i have my goals and you have your goals and i'm going to support you and then you support me and it wasn't like this like nagging like oh, why do you do this and why do you it, it, it wasn't any of that like we were so focused on the end goal that we didn't allow those you know petty differences to get in the way. So don't lose yourself, right? And then be considerate of whatever they're doing, their needs, and then just like come and align and support. Ah, perfect. Oh yeah, because when you were you were married in med school, so you had med school residency. Yes. Okay. So that's what you mean. Those those seven years you had your goals, he had his, and you were both supporting each other. And so, and then, yeah, I know you talked to, you know, you are very um, passionate about relationship with yourself, right? Not losing your child. You mentioned that. So tell us, tell us, what does that mean? Like, did you, how, did you lose yourself or what was your, how, how has your relationship with your own self evolved? Yeah. So I would say everything was going great till we had kids. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a common theme. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and even with like the first kid, I felt like, okay, well, this is doable. But I had three back to back, all like 15 years are like two years apart, right? Yes. Yep. Two, And then the third one's going to be two years apart from the little one. Yep. 
Yep. Okay, so I did what you did, essentially, right? And so... <laughs> Not nine months. That's insane. <laughs> and so literally my... my And I don't know why I thought this. I, I don't even think I thought it. I just like thought that like, so now you're supposed to have a kid and you're going to have a kid and everything's going to be awesome because you're like a freaking pediatrician. So like what could go wrong, right? Like having a kid and like, <laughs> and it wasn't even like the late night feedings and whatever was not even a deal. Cause I was like, oh, I did residency. It's fine. Like this is like nothing compared to residency, right? Yeah. Getting up in the middle of the night to feed your child is so much better than getting up in the middle of the night to go like, you know, revive a dying patient or something like that. No, yeah, so much better. <laughs> yeah, but I think through the years, what happened is I took on so much. And I think this is what we do as women is that I completely neglected my needs. And it was always like, okay, so the, the business has something and need to do something with the business because I'm developing the business. I'm like raising my children. And then I'm trying to balance that with household stuff and then like husband stuff. So you have like all these four buckets, right? But we never include ourselves within that bucket. And we, we should be priority. Like we should be number one and then everybody should come under us. Right. Because, and, it, and most importantly, what I found out like through this transformation, so I, I hit a wall at 40 and I was like, and, and it was like, what I describe it is post-call fatigue. That's how I felt for four years. Wow. Yeah. That's where I operated from. So I thought I had cancer. I thought I was dying, whatever. I thought I had whatever, whatever causes chronic fatigue. And then I was like, I refuse to be labeled um, or diagnosed with like chronic fatigue, right? Chronic fatigue syndrome. I think that's the thing, right? And I was like, no, like I can't, like I have so much energy. <laughs> like, Yeah. So anyway, so then like before coaching, I started like at 40, I started reading a lot of like self-help books and going into kind of mindfulness and listening to this mindfulness speak teachers. And then I found coaching and essentially I got a coach. I felt much better and then I got certified. But what I found out through my journey is that I was completely disconnected from not from my head and my body. <laughs> Wow. So I not only did not recognize what was going on in my head, right? All the like the self-talk, um, the self-negative talk, um, you know, the the beliefs that just don't serve you well, right? And and then feel it, forget it. Like feelings, one of my core beliefs is you you can't feel because feeling is weakness. And then when you feel that doesn't allow you to get to the goal that you want. So even today, I've been in like coaching for a year, I still have a really hard time, like dropping into my body and being like, how does it feel like I used to try to process my feelings and two seconds later, I'd be like, wait, where did you go? Can you come back? Because I had avoided it for so long for so long and that's one of my challenges to today is that i'm really trying to identify those those feelings like when they come up <clears throat> and my my biggest feeling was always anger like i could identify that i lived in anger frustration and um like irritability those were my top three feelings that i lived with mm -hmm. 
And so going through coaching and just like self-help and, and journaling and meditation and a lot of other things that I use, I now, it's not like I don't get angry. It's not like I'm not frustrated, but at least I recognize where it's coming from. And before I used to sit in that anger and then it would carry home and it would carry to the dinner table and then like whatever, the rest of the night and maybe three weeks. But now I'm like, oh, here's anger. This is what's causing it. And it's very much short-lived rather than this long drawn out like drama. And mine was like literally five years of like drawn out drama. There are a lot of podcasts out there, murder mysteries, breaking news, there's even a podcast about garden gnomes. But instead, you're here learning how to be the best physician, wife, mother, husband, father, lover you can be. Smart move. Do you know what else is a smart move? Working a locum tenens assignment with Comp Health. Now I know what you're thinking. You already have a job, but that's the best part. You can work flexible locum assignments on the side for extra income, or you can work locums full-time too. And to top it all off, locums almost always pays more on average. Hey, you may even start to like it more than your other job. Just head to financialresidency.com forward slash comp health and see what locums can do for you financially. It's okay. So how would you tell somebody? How do you tell somebody? Because once you recognize irritability, how do you stop? feeling irritable <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> with a lot of journaling and a lot of like intentional like i was just excited when i rec and i think when i got a coach i was completely ready i was like please help me whatever you say i will do and i was completely open to it i didn't have this resistance like oh how dare you try to tell me that my thought is whatever right i was like oh that's really interesting okay yeah sure yeah that makes sense let me look into it let me see where that comes from mm -hmm. let me see where it comes like in my day let me see at what points in my day i feel like that and then i kept failing the same thing and i was like oh that's right i'm like living in my anger right so it's like that awareness like being open to it and 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 knowing that like letting that resistance go letting like your ego go right and being like okay if you're gonna want to feel better let's see where the problem is so shedding the light on that and being aware of it and then like consciously throughout your whole day not just like when you're journaling right like whatever 20 minutes that you journal but like at lunchtime like i would pause and i'd be like how do i feel right now and how 90 percent of the time it was like anger angry oh my gosh i know i'm at that point right now with my with my older my almost four-year-old my toddler where i'm like irritable a, a lot of the times and I need to know, Sogol, how do I step out of that anger without our irritability without yelling? I'm, I'm trying not to put her in timeout anymore. I'm trying to just like do other things. Did you ever have the same thing when it came to children? I remember, I honestly remember, because a lot of my friends asked me this. So my kids are now 16, 14, 12, right? And I love them to death. I, I've liked my kids more when they've, as they've grown up, because I can have conversations with them, right? Instead of like, I don't know, I, I've just enjoyed them more. But my firstborn 
is exactly me. Right. And so, and, and that's, that's, I feel like that's what children are. They teach you They're they're your biggest teachers in life. And I literally resisted her for 10 years. We were screaming, kicking, yelling, fighting for 10 years. And I will tell you, she started at two weeks old. That's how strong-willed this girl is. And I was like, you're not going to win. And she was like, you're not going to win. <laughs> we went at it for 10 years. And then literally, I remember like one day I sat there and I was like, I can't do, well, I can do this. But if I do this, I'm not going to have a relationship with her. Like, we're not going to, I mean, like, because I'm a pediatrician, so I see a lot of kids, right? So I see a lot of mother-daughter relationships. And I was like, you know, my relationship is going to be like this, right? And so I, I, I took out a white flag and I waved it and I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm done. And when I did that, like when I surrendered, when I stopped resisting again, everything, as I brought my level down and as I calmed down, it's not like it had, any, it had zero to do with her. Like, it wasn't like I was telling her, you know, be quiet or do this or do this. I was, as I started working on myself and my energy came down, then she matched it and she started coming down. And like, if you knew her <laughs> and who we were when she was in elementary school, now when she's in high school, completely different child. Wow. Completely. So I took, you know, those qualities in her where I thought was so like her um persistence and her drive and her passion and her energy oh god her energy right and her, <laughs> and her energy and instead of looking at it from like a defensive like how dare you I'm the parent you follow my whatever I completely changed perspectives and I said, maybe these are her superpowers and how can I um, nurture that, right? To instead of, you know, her thinking that she's bossy or she's mean or she doesn't have feelings, how can I nurture it to where like to empower her? to use it, but you know, in 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 with within limits and like within boundaries. And like that's exactly what she does now. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> oh my God. So the same qualities that you used to think were like her being defiant or defensive or mean. And you're like, no, these are her superpowers. And then so like, how did you make that shift though? Like, did you one day snap into it or was like a gradual thing or no, I literally one day snapped into it, but I will tell you, and I'm going to mention her here, that the, the person that like, I started reading, right? Because we all read. We're like, oh my God, something's wrong. We have to yes. read. So I started reading about like a million parenting books. I was like, what is going on? Why can't I as a pediatrician parent my poor child? And so the, the and that's where it's interesting because I think that's where my mindfulness, like conscious, it's called conscious parenting. It's Dr. Shafali. I don't know if you've heard of her. Um, the Awakened Family. So it's funny because I read The Awakened Family in second grade when she was in second grade. And I was like, what ifs? This makes no sense. Like, no one does this. What is she talking about? And then, and then I kept like, you know, fighting, fighting, fighting. And then it comes like fifth grade. And then I read one of uh, um, Conscious Parenting is her other book. 
And then I, and it just like really resonated. You know how you read books and it depends on what stage of life you're in and you get different and it resonated. And I was like, oh my God, like I need to do this. This is what's going to save me. And then I went back and read The Awakened Family again. And it was like, I was reading a completely different book. And I just, again, just like I followed my coach again, I was like, I'm just going to follow what Shafali says, because right now this is what, like my way did not work. And so let's try her way. And her way is freaking amazing. Oh gosh. Okay. I'm going to have to read that. You know, I was, I, I, I'm a listener. So I listen, I like get a lot of my books on Audible or listen to podcasts and we're on my Kindle right now, which I don't, I'm just not a reader. I, I'm trying to read The Peaceful Parent, Happy Child, which I, as been amazing because it's really talking, it's like coaching the parent, you know, how to handle the child. And I love it. I just don't ever sit down to read. So I need to get some things on Audible. So conscious parenting. Have you heard of Happy Parent, Peaceful Child or or Peaceful Parent, Happy Child? I have not heard of that one. Well, anyway, I'm going to check out the conscious parenting. And then, okay, so let's also talk about how your work relationship in yourself, like you talked about how that helped your relationship with your children. You mentioned that. How did it help your relationship with your spouse? Or was that, um, are there any things you are, you've worked on or currently are working on? Yeah. So totally. So same thing, right? So before, so it's funny because my first session with my coach, she was like, okay, how do you want to feel? And what do you want to be like moving forward? Right. And so that I was self, and this was like in the middle of COVID, right? So it was like perfect because I had nothing to do. So then I started journaling, like who, like, what are my feelings right now? Like, what are my top feelings now? Like, what are things that, that, or how, how am I right now that I don't want to be like moving forward? And so like, I wrote some stuff down and I went to my husband. I was like, oh, I'm so excited. Look at my list. And he was looking at me like, oh my God. Like he literally was looking at me like, I knew all of this for 20 years, but I just couldn't. (laughs) Oh my gosh. He knew all those things. You mean that like you want to change or, or enhance by yourself or transform about yourself or, or that you. He, he knew that I was sitting in anger. He knew that I was rushed. He knew that I was. Yeah. And, and then, and I was like, do you want to add anything to it? And he did. He was like, I think you're a jealous judging person. And I was like, oh, you're right. I do judge. <laughs> so you wrote down all the qualities you wanted to change about yourself. What you were doing. Yes. Yeah, I wrote down all the qualities that I wanted to change. So I'm in, I'm in, I'm impatient. I'm controlling. I don't listen because my word, like my word, is the last word, right? And then, like, I'm angry, irritable, frustrated. And then, like, he added judging, and I, and I stood there, like, like the before me would have been like, what are you talking about? And then I just, I was like, I accepted it. I was like, okay, judging, interesting. And I wrote it down. And then like, I reflected and I wrote down like scenarios were like, yeah, I do. Oh my God, I totally judge. He's right. I judge. gosh and he didn't he never told you this for 20 years no no this is what's insane after my first coaching session i went up to him and i was like i'm not really sure why you haven't divorced me (laughs) (laughs) why hasn't he divorced me oh my gosh i mean i just can't believe that's that yeah crazy (laughs) i mean you know your worst qualities right i'm sure you have hundreds of amazing qualities right so go have some of course But that's the best part about having like a spouse like this is they know. Yeah, they know. And 
And, you know, there were times definitely in life where he would be like, ah, and I was like, whatever, that's your problem. I was so clueless. Oh my God. I can't believe it. I was so clueless. Yeah. So I start as I started like recognizing some of these qualities and like what beliefs that they were linked to, then I started working on like changing it, right? Like have to be so controlling. Like controlling doesn't always get you what you want, right? Like in work, you can delegate. Like delegation is a great thing to do, right? So I started like playing these things off of each other. And as uh, as my thoughts change, as I became more aware, and then I started working on it, very, like consciously, I mean, I threw myself in there. It was COVID, right? So that's all I did. Um, and then it, and then our relationship, and then I, our relationship got so much better because my relationship with myself got better, right? I wasn't nagging like, oh, why do you do this? And I can't believe he did that. And then, you know, all those like little stuff that just we, that don't really matter at the end of the day, but we, but they cause like 99% of our suffering <laughs> and it's all in our head. Stuff started to go away and then we connected like now we bike together or we go hike or we walk right so I allowed the space for those things to come into our life that he enjoys and I enjoy the connection is so much it, it's on a deeper level it's not that we weren't connected before like I feel like we were connected like kids and like intellectually right we were connected but now I feel like the connection is 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 much deeper Wow. And so what do you what do you envision for like the next five years? I en- oh, that's good. God, with my marriage, I envision um the kids all going off to college. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, but you'll have even more time to connect. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really envision like I talk about the second half of life, right? The second half of our lives. And and that we we are blessed enough to have worked hard enough to have gotten to where we have. And that's initially why I got coaching is because it was like, I have everything in life and I feel like crap and I can't continue to do what I did to get to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and my brain was saying you should. And that was like the, the, the dilemma I had because my brain kept saying, oh, you should go do this, this, this. And then something kept telling me, don't know. Like you're already not feeling good. It's not about the money. Like something's going on. So uh, when I made that shift, right? I I want our second half of our life not to be a repeat, a rinse and repeat of the first half. Okay. And I don't know what that's going to look like, but I know it's not going to look like hustle. It's not going to look like like grit. It's not going to look like stress. It's not going to look like chasing something that at the end doesn't really bring true joy, right? So it's not going to be a bigger house, a bigger car, a vacation home, and I don't know, Maserati or whatever, right? And or blah, 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 blahs. I know it's not going to be any of that. I know what it's not going to be. Hey, that's beautiful. So yeah, you're not going to just be hustling. No grit, no bigger homes, cars. Yeah, it's going to be something else, something else, something even deeper, right? Because you say your connection is now even deeper than it was the first however many years of your marriage. Well, let's talk about that because you know you did bring up a little bit of thing. You did say it's not about the money. Okay, so let's transition now into a little bit about the 
funny. And I know this is. Oh my God, no. <laughs> I'm going to hyperventilate. I know this is your least favorite conversation, which is perfect for a lot of people in my audience because a lot of people have anxiety over money or think money is evil or, you know, so like, wow. And, you know, okay, you tell me what are your current, like, I actually. And just so everybody knows, Sogol and I are both in the life coach school together and we actually get coached by the same coach on the same calls sometimes and we see each other getting coached, okay? <laughs> so I saw her getting coached on a money issue just last week. What did you learn from that experience? Share with our audience your current money uh, issues and what you're learning. Okay, so my core beliefs around money is that to have a lot of money means that you're greedy. Yeah, and totally money is evil. That's like a very core belief of mine. <laughs> and that money brings like problems because then when you have money, you have to like see what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And so those are like, they're still dude, my core beliefs. Like <laughs> They're still your core beliefs. Okay. Money is evil. Money is greedy. Money brings problems. Yeah. And so what I'm trying to shift towards is that money, m- I love the thought about like money brings you the freedom of time, right? I like, I love that because that's what I really value and cherish right now is my time. So I can wrap my head around that. It's like, okay, if I may, what is that certain amount of money that you can make so you can have whatever certain amount of time that you want? And kind of to translate this to more tangible things, it's like, Time is like, okay, can I hire a housekeeper, right? So I don't have to do the housework. So that's like carved out time for yourself. Mm-hmm. Can I, um, I don't know, like uh, uh, hire a meal service where they deliver meals to your house if I don't like to cook, right? So that carves out time. Um, can I, so hire help is a big one, right? And that brings you time. Um, and then the other thing that I am working on is that, I want the time because I want to spend the time, obviously, with the family and husband and friends and stuff. But a lot of the time I want to spend in my head, right, and understanding, like, my thoughts. And so the Mm -hmm. only way that I can do that is if I have some sort of income coming in to where I'm not working 80-hour, whatever weeks that I was working, whatever crazy hours that I was, I mean, I was working 24 hours a day because, like, when you own a business, it's like having a kid. It's literally, like, it's your own call all the time, right? And so that those are, I think, those are um, new thoughts that really feel good to me (laughs) that are aligned with my values. And so that's what I'm trying to shift towards is that money buys you time. And, that. and not having to work all the time for the, yes. for the money coming in, right? Yes. Oh, okay. That's see, that's wonderful. Uh, I, eventually, Sogol, you're going to think money is beautiful and <laughs> <laughs> money is 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 for the people who are not greedy. It is, right? Because oh my goodness. The money the non-greedy people have, the more we can help have everybody yes. in this world. I know. A lot of people tell me that too. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yep. I mean, look at you. Your work, you work. You've spent over half of your life working in this underserved area in Houston. Uh, can you imagine what you could do if you had all the money in the world? How do you provide quality care? You opened up with talking about being able to provide care in this underserved community. 
I know I provided quality care by hustle, like, like putting in a zillion hours and being understaffed and then having a very small team. But when I had a small team, it was like, because like there's four people on our admin team and we're like nine providers. Right. And so I guess I think that's part of where the money comes from is because I feel like money is like hard work, right? It's like work. And when I, when I say my second half of life, I don't want to do that. Right. And I'm like, well, then that means you don't want money. Like you can't have money because money correlates like super hard work. Right. That's what it is. That's what it is. You're, you're equating having a lot of money with super hard work. And you're like, no, I don't want to go there. But hey, you're transforming already. I love that. I love that. Money, uh, hire a housekeeper, hire real service. Money brings you the freedom of time, you know, because money does bring you freedom of a lot of financial freedom brings you freedom of not only time, but who you get to hang out with, geography, where you get to live. Yeah. A relationship. It gives you freedom of relationships. You don't have to associate with certain people in your life that make maybe make more things more difficult for you or, you know. I never thought about that. All these different freedoms, but that's. I love it. I love it. You've covered like every single point, medicine, marriage, and money. What would you like to, would you like to reemphasize anything or mm-hmm. take it home with any, anything we haven't covered? Um, yeah. What I would love to reemphasize because my heart is always with the kids because I'm a pediatrician is that the next time you get, or your any relationship, so it could be your husband too or your partner, next time you get triggered, right? Which is like, you know, like that feeling of like volcano heat, like smoke coming out of your ears, instead of blaming it and pointing the finger at whoever the person was that triggered you, like pause and remove yourself and ask yourself what within me triggered me because it's not what that person has done. It's something, a belief or a something that has to do with the thought that's based on your childhood experiences and your traumas and whatever that caused you to react that way. Because if another person was put in the same situation, if 10 people were put in the same situation, not all 10 would react the same way. So what made you react in that way? And that just know that your children are your biggest teachers I mean, like your children are so wise and they're so grounded and they're so intuitive. And the one of the like wisest thing, and I don't know who told me this when I was in the middle of like the fighting decade with my daughter, she said, don't ever break her spirit. So don't ever break your child's spirit. And that has stayed with me till this day. And it could be your friend's spirit or your partner's spirit or whoever's spirit, a human being's spirit, because they are there in your life for a reason. They weren't just like shoved into your day for whatever, out of luck or whatever. Oh my gosh, that is so powerful. It makes me want to cry. I mean, I felt like I could shatter my little three-year-old's spirit. That would just, I mean, I would just want to curl up and disappear. Well, I'm going to ask myself that next time. Everybody, we all need to ask ourselves that. Um, what within me, trig- what triggered this? Tr- triggered me to feel this. That's beautiful. And where can people find you, Sogol? 
Um, okay, awesome. So I have a podcast. It's mm -hmm. Mindful Living with Dr. Sogol. I um, discuss a lot of the coaching tools that I have learned. And I really try to bring some science, because we're very evidence-based physicians, into my podcast. So it, it's not woo-woo yet. It will probably get woo-woo in a year once I get the courage to actually truly put myself out there um and i introduce a lot of mindfulness tips with breathing and yoga and and journaling um so that's mindful living with dr sobel and then i instagram and facebook page um which is mindful living with dr sobel so if you just search s-o-g-o-l then it'll come up because nobody's name is really simple perfect and how long have you been podcasting um so march uh, 4th which is my birthday my 45th birthday so not long. Oh, that's right. That's right. Happy birthday. I remember that because we did a clubhouse. We did a clubhouse that day. In <laughs> honor of your birthday. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. This I, I actually learned so much. I'm going to start using these techniques tomorrow, if not tonight, before I fall asleep. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Love it. Love talking to you, Kate. Oh my gosh. I learned so incredibly much from Dr. Sogol. I can't, I mean, I can't even tell you, like I'm, I'm honestly going to start using the technique. What within me was triggered. Uh, I'm, I'm going to start using that. I'm, I'm going to start using that like tomorrow. As soon as, as soon as my daughter wakes up, <laughs> that's perfect. So the take home points from Dr. Sogol, number one, write down all the qualities you want to change about yourself and then do it. Work on them, change them, be aware. This is a beautiful exercise. I love it. She wrote down words like controlling, angry, judgy, irritable, angry, frustrated, not a good listener. And the funny thing about the whole thing I thought was that she told her husband after one of her coaching sessions that she was doing this and her husband's like, yeah, I knew that for the past 20 years, you needed to change. These. But guess what? He never said anything. He loved her because you know what? She probably had, I mean, she definitely has the 20 qualities that are amazing about her and she's just picking out the ones she wants to change. So I think this is an amazing exercise we can all do. The qualities you want to change about yourself, write them down. Put them somewhere so you can see them every day and figure out if you can pinpoint exactly when you're feeling them, why you're feeling them. And then you can address the solution, right? What, what would you prefer to feel? Do you want to feel angry, judgy, irritable, frustrated all day? Or do you want to work on being a listener, compassionate, loving? Not saying that we're not ever going to be, never going to be angry, never going to be judgy, of course. But hey, let's work on it. Let's smash it down to 10% instead of 100% of our day. Number two. Let's think about the second half of our lives, regardless of how old you are. Let's think about the next chapter of your life. I love how Sokol did this. She says, no need to rinse and repeat the first half. Take what you've learned from your past, what you didn't want, what you didn't realize you were doing. Maybe you were hustling. Maybe it was grit. Maybe you were searching for something if you're searching for happiness in, in a material item or an experience that wasn't necessary or something and figure out what you want 
your second half, the next chapter, we'll say the next chapter of your life to look, look like. If you can't completely envision what you want it to look like, what do you not want it to look like? Such a great vision board. Create a vision board. Number three, children are our biggest teachers. If you don't have your own children, borrow somebody else's children. If you're a pediatrician, hey, you got children all around you. But just look at our children. Look what they say. Look what they do. And let's not get so angry or frustrated or irritated by our children that we need to we need to feel like we need to control them or we need to change their behavior, right? I, I, oftentimes, I, I mean, I'm guilty of this all the time. I want to change my little toddler's behavior so that she's nicer. What does that mean? You know, she doesn't hit her sister, but she, you know, she's, she's got reasons for doing everything she does. So I'm going to start asking myself and I invite you all to ask yourselves, what is it? What are the qualities that you love about your child, your children? What is it about their spirit that you would just be absolutely crushed if it was lost. So let's not break our children's spirit. Beautifully said, don't ever break your child's spirit. Let's take the qualities which we may think are not so good and make them superpowers. Make them our children's superpowers. And that is it, my friends. Please, you know where to find me. Reach out at medicinemarriagemoney.com. I would love, always, I'm always here to give you that support. If you want to coach with me, I uh, always offer a free 45-minute consult call. Let me show you what is possible. And I hope you walk away asking yourself, do I allow myself to feel my feelings? How do I want to feel today? Who do I want to be? Does being controlling get me what I want? How does being controlling get me what I want? What can I delegate more of? And what just triggered me? So much love to you and your spouse. Content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional, medical, or financial advice. The opinions provided on this podcast are those of myself or the invited guest alone. They do not represent the opinions of any particular institution. Always seek the advice of your physician or financial advisor with any questions you may have of a medical condition or financial plan. This is for your entertainment only.